free wisdom. But this is the Free Wisdom Podcast. We've been, you know, absent for a few, a year. So this is the first time in a year being back on the podcast. And, you know, today we are in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, um, I'm with my boy Malcolm um, Jiggy. We just drove here from Atlanta to do a pop-up for the Red October, you know, Wisdom shoe cover release. And uh, we linked up with a few people locally out here. And we kind of just flowing, having fun, and getting to know some new people. And I'm going to let everybody introduce themselves, and we're just going to jump in like that. So we can start with you. Cool. My name is Zen, Zen, Zen. Hold um, it. You want to hold it? Okay. Yeah. Like a mic. Um, my name is Zen, 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 <laughs> creator and uh, founder of Creative Junkies, Nostalgic Luxury Streetwear. What up? I'm Justin Causey. I do uh, artist management, creative branding, footwear design, uh, a bunch of other stuff, but that's it right now. My name's Malcolm Voltaire. Uh, I have a brand called Jesus Was Black, and I'm just a creative, man. You feel me? Yo, I'm Mike Floss, hip-hop artist, community organizer. Yeah, and I'm Latif. Man, originally I wanted to kind of like... You know, originally we came to Nashville to 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 kind of go back to aesthetic where we were like um, playing with the idea of doing a pop up out the trunk. That's why we rented the SS one hundred because it felt like you know a cool way to reintroduce this idea of being out the trunk, but using the best of your resources to make it an experience. So yeah, we did that, and um, with that we we released um, a few things. I released red shoe covers by um, Wisdom Fashion House. I wanted to get. I want to learn a little more about Kazi uh, and um, and Zan. You know, I want to know first. I'm gonna start with you, Zan. Um, kind of from the top, you know, like, what's your story? Like, what's the? Who, who are you? What's your story? Um. So I've kind of. I guess now I can say always because it's been. I mean, a journey almost ten years old, but um, hold, I kind of. <clears throat> got into fashion um maybe like my ninth or tenth grade year maybe eighth grade um but it was more on the shoe tip because we were wearing uniforms so um my family at the time I didn't know we didn't have no money but I was like sure we can afford some bands right like we yeah. can wear bands okay yeah. cool it was like a 40 dollar shoe so I really got into bands and I'm now I'm like a super collector I got like 20 something pairs of bands it's like my thing now but um that's kind of how I got into fashion and towards my senior year in high school I was like I want a brand but I don't know what I want to do um I know that I've always been into art like since I was a little kid I have drawings from when I was I don't know like five or six you know like drawing cars and people and all kinds of shit so you know from a young age you knew you wanted to be an artist um so Unfortunately, but fortunately, I'm like the smart kid, I guess. Why is that and unfortunate? So, I mean, because like when you, when your parents discover you're the smart kid, they push you towards that academic like mm-hmm. side of you. And like, so my artistic side was kind of like a shadow of who I was to them. And so they pushed me to go to academic school and like, okay, go straight to college. So it was like, well, okay, so what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't fucking know. Like, guys, I'm an artist. This yeah. whole time, like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I like doing art. Um, so I kind of found a path in college just because. Um, and 
throughout my time in college, I was like, okay, I really want to do this brand, but I don't want it to be regular. Um, so I went through like sample phases with t-shirts and stuff like that. And I was like, this ain't just ain't hitting for me, especially if the brand is called Creative Junkies. Like, I got to do everything. So, um, I guess. Explain that. When you said Creative Junkies and you got to do everything, what does that mean? I mean, if if you're creative and you're a junkie at the same time, it means you're addicted to art. You're addicted to doing things that are super creative. You want to do anything under that, 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 that name creative. So for me as an artist, I'm like, okay, I know how to design clothes. I've been drawing since I was a kid. I can do anything under the sun. I've done photography, so I can get into everything creative. So now Creative Junkies has turned into a luxury brand but not only is it a brand it's a design company so mm. um right now i'm working on not only doing clothing but i want to do furniture toys that is my that's the overall goal mm-hmm. for creative junkies is to create anything you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like see that transition from um doing fashion to furniture is like to me it's fascinating because i always think of things like uh evolution like you know, as creatives, even if you watch us on social media tip, you know, we see everyone kind of, you know, when, when Instagram was allowing people to put their own styles out across the globe. So it made like this this niche area of what was popular in your area mm-hmm. more vast, more just expansive. And so as that happened, you had a lot more people dropping brands and different mm-hmm. styles of everybody has a brand. Everybody has and a brand. And in that evolution, we started people seeing people trends like the rug trend, people yeah. doing uh, embroidered rugs. And I like that transition. I like watching that formula because it reminds me that, oh, we're, we're going to keep elevating the design. Mm-hmm. So when you bring up furniture, um, have you ever thought this similar way that we as creators will evolve to, you know, building, you know, architecture to For interior sure. design For to sure. how the train system works to where you For get sure. to school? So, so like in college, I studied construction management. So I worked in construction management right outside, like right after college. So I've. I designed, I've done, I've worked with architecture, I've worked with contractors and people and like really seeing how intricate those trades are. Mm -hmm. And so um, watching people like, um, what's the brand? Uh, Against All Medical Advice, have you heard? Oh, but you, yeah, explain that. They are, so he, um, he's an actual, he's a registered nurse and a lot of his brand has to do with anatomy and real like, deal mm-hmm. you know medical shit and so uh, that's kind of inspired me to kind of look into what i studied it's like okay cool like how can i use what i learned with construction and and working with different projects and implement it into my clothing at the same time which i got some cold ass designs not gonna lie but yeah. like <laughs> implementing like the things you know and like the things you've learned that you didn't see as valuable is like super dope because i mean as a creative like you can implement literally anything mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying as you grow as a person i think it's so dope how we can just experiment i i feel like i've started to more more so like experiment uh-huh. than i have to like know everything about you know clothes I, i'm a student of the game for sure but i um i'm definitely just trying things i've never done now mm-hmm. yeah and cause you um just to pivot you know and keep it flowing before you have to run out um what's your story man where are you from you know what's what was Lil Causey doing before he was Causey what's what, what school you wanted to go to what was your dreams young how did you get into it damn man such a loaded ass question 
such a loaded ass question for the time. <laughs> um, man, nah, I'm originally from Columbus, Ohio, bro. I came here because um, I originally wanted to march in the band for TSU. And I came here because I have a musical background. Um, and also, TSU has a really incredible health science program. So my mom is a health uh, freak, health professional. I'm a health nerd. So I went to TSU on a college tour, like my sophomore, junior year of school and high school, and saw that they had an incredible band. And that was my whole thing. So I came here, graduated high school. Two weeks later, I was dropped off at Boyd Hall and did summer school and then did band camp. And there I started meeting a bunch of homies that were all musically talented and just was always around sharing music, doing dope stuff. We created a little clique called Flab, Freedom Loving Bullshit, made a little blog, started posting music, started interviewing people, just started doing stuff around the school. Um, again, being in the band for TSU, you travel a lot, you see a lot of things, you're around musical people all the time. But I always tell people being in a band is like taking all the hood niggas from Detroit, Chicago, fucking Memphis, fucking anywhere and giving them instruments. And that's the band. It's just the most hoodest, most fucking talented individuals you ever meet. Mm -hmm. And being around them all the time, you just start to see, you know, people's potential and just what they can be. And I started doing like uh, open mics and planning events and then started doing festivals and then started working at Nike in college and met a homie of mine, Mike, who had a younger brother who rapped. And then we started trading music back and forth. And then I started working with them. And then six years later, I've been managing artists, uh, got a fire roster of some incredible talented people that are all my best friends. Um, I designed footwear for Nike. I work with other talented uh, entrepreneurs and business-minded people, casual, et cetera. Um, I just be really out here just supporting my friends. So it's like anything I can do to just put that light on them, that's it. So, uh, yeah, I've been here for slick 10 years, and I've built a really incredible family and community of people, and I'm just very thankful to be a part of this city. Yeah, that's it. And so, like, when it came, you mentioned the, the Nike, you know, uh, design, um, and but you also mentioned the, the origins in music. Yeah. Right? So, is it, you know, as a creative, do you see your heart being more in music or um, fashion or design? Uh, really, it's just expression. Mm-hmm. You know, overall, yeah, it's just overall expression. It's just like. You can express yourself through music, but music can also just really heal you at the same time. Same way with fashion. Like, people dress how they feel. Mm -hmm. People dress how they think. People dress what makes them feel comfortable and makes them feel safe. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, my whole identity in dressing is just being cozy. That's it. Being comfortable. Like, I have nicknames for myself, like Cozy Cozy. It's just always in a pair of sweatpants. The only reason I got on jeans today is because I thought it was professional. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I agree, too. My main thing is comfortability. Like, when we got here, some of the first thing I said when we got... Uh, until our papa was yo, it's hot. I wish I brought some shorts. Like I just, I like to be comfortable no matter what. Yeah. But I also want to. Okay, I want a certain look today. Mm-hmm. But back to what you said. So end up both being like these, these, these individual, like you know, music and fashion being just ways to express. Yeah. Which one um, would you prefer, or 
you know, uh, see to be the preferred platform to push out, I guess, your, your, your message or your calling or your purpose? Well, for me, even with being in music, because, like, I'm a drummer. That was my background. But I don't really drum that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I still play around with my drumsticks and a little drum pad in my room. But, like, I, every time I see a set, I'll play it. But usually it's like I'm a behind-the-scenes person when it comes to music now, doing management. And, like, I just like to be the person that, like, overall just gets things done, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I like to express myself, but I'm a person that likes to execute. So, like, if somebody has an idea, I'm the tinkerer. I like to build it, and I like to figure out, okay, bet, how can we make it bigger and better? Yeah. And then with fashion, it's just like I said, it's just about expressing, you know, like, that shoe design really wasn't even for me. You know, it was just the whole process of being able to design a shoe. That's mm-hmm. it. I enjoyed that. The design was for a friend of mine, you know, to give her her flowers because she felt like she wasn't being appreciated in the city. Right. So I wanted to make her feel appreciated and show her that people care for her. So I back. designed a shoe after her, you know, yeah. and like, I just thought it was on some cool shit. And she would be like, you realize how big this is? And yeah. I was just like, ah, nah. Yeah. You know, I they just go back to yeah. you wanting to support your friends. Yeah, type I just like yeah. to design shit. So it was like the fact yeah. that I could design a shoe and it so happened to be as big as it was and it sold out. I was like, all right, cool. I yeah. just I didn't even plan on buying shoes. You feel me? I just was glad that I got to design them. And then I ended up with two pairs. Do you see yourself designing more shoes in the future? I would love to. Like I wanted yeah. to become a, a footwear designer for Nike anyway when I was younger. So yeah. like to get that out is like, all right, cool. But, like, I love to just do collab colorways with them and, like, really push the limits of shoes because, like, they're stalled out right now. Yeah, and the whole sure. hype beast culture and mm-hmm. retro culture and, and golden Me air so. culture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just the same things. And yeah. it's like, nah, if you guys are going to be the company you say you are, it's like continue to innovate, continue to push it forward because yeah. it's like y'all putting out these. Yeah, y'all putting out these half-assed colorways and putting yeah. out the same shoe that. For hype, for sale. Yeah, that doesn't really tell the story that you guys say you tell. It's like, it's the point. Yeah. It's like yeah. if I can design a Jordan 1, I'll be happy, you know, yeah. but I, I want to make it my way. I don't want it to be the same colorway that y'all put out or f- some half-assed story that y'all think relates to Jordan yeah. that I care about. No, exactly. that's, why, that's why I fuck with uh, Kanye putting out all of his shoes. Because yeah. it's, he's uh-huh. telling a different story every time. It's like, he's an artist, yeah. the shoes that he's putting out, it's like Space Age, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Xenon, Back to the Future. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It go. But that's what Kanye was, though. His whole thing was about accessibility. Like, that's uh-huh. the whole thing Kanye's whole entire platform yeah. was. It's like, I want to create a shoe that's accessible to everybody. So he feels like if he floods the market with the same base model shoe, then everybody will be able to get it. He still, though, being Kanye, it drives the price up so not everybody's able to get it. But yeah, the accessibility is the fact for him, oh, my shoe's out there and people can get it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that so many people want it, knockoff are going to show up and mm-hmm. other designs. But I put this brand and idea into the world. That's all I care about. That's just mm-hmm. Kanye. And then we're like on pivot again. Um, same question to you, Mike. Like, you know, what's your. Uh, you know, story, like, fully, you know, I know, of course, we, we, we know each other um, from Atlanta and, you know, hang out a lot through Malcolm and further, but, yeah, just for, you know, my, for my information, too, just to know more, what's your story, what's, like, you know, what was your, your, uh, what your upbringing, how'd you get into music, was it fashion before music for you, or was it, like, kind of merger? Um, it was always music, um, my dad's a musician, you know, family came from Chicago, I, in Nashville since I was a baby, and um, 
I think uh, once I started rapping, just regular shit, bro. Nothing, nothing crazy. Just like rapping on the back of the bus, kicking it, listening to music, listening to Ludacris and Cameron and all that type of stuff, and just picking it up and realizing I was good at it. You know what I'm saying? I was younger than. The guys I was rapping with, and I was the best rapper in the circle. You know? no, it's not, so it's like, not regular at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, it's not regular. <laughs> but I mean, like, if you rap, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of how you get into it. I was always in the band, played trumpet, you know, my whole school career up up through high school. And um, it was just, it was just my outlet. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to go to the league for basketball. Quickly realized that wasn't in the cards. And uh, <laughs> I was like, let me just double down on, on, on the music. But, um, yeah, I mean, just like, you know, I was a Nashville kid when it was, wasn't cool to be a Nashville kid. Like, nobody wanted to be here. It was nothing to do here. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It was very little, like, opportunity. And, and you know, having a hip-hop concert in the city was just next to nothing. If it wasn't something Eric Holt was doing, like, yeah. you really wasn't seeing it. So, um it was our generation that kind of created the little scene that we got going on now of like with Delisha and Todd and all those people um, that they started throwing our own shows and booking venues and figuring out how to put put it together, you know, mm-hmm. and, and make a little bit of money along the way. Um, how was that process? It's continual. You know what I'm saying? It's it's. it's it's a step. It's a step by step. Everybody figures out their path the way they figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. I think. I think for me, um, my quest as an artist is just to be undeniable, you know. So no matter where I go, I just want to make sure that it's clear, mm-hmm. you know. Even if it doesn't get millions and millions of streams, or I don't make a ton of money, or whatever it is, like you got to have that respect for what it is that I create. And I think that's <clears throat> that's the undeniability comes from honesty and consistency. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and as long as that's there, you know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be around. But um, yeah, it's it's just it's it's challenging, you know, being from a country music town and being in a place where there's no infrastructure. In Atlanta, sure. you see a lot of like, you can kind of get scooped up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You kind of get scooped up from just like where you grew up at, which what hood you're from, what side of town you're from. Like, it's probably a rapper from that area that made a bunch of money, you know, and it started mm-hmm. the label and you know did all these things in Nashville. You really don't ever have no OGs in the hip hop world. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is a crazy perspective because like you said, Atlanta, we we live in Atlanta, so. Music abundant. Like you, yeah. you, if you making music, you're in the right city, yeah. uh, especially in hip hop. But like for fashion, there's like this air of like that we're we're almost there's this air of you know the resources aren't here to fully sustain a fashion house. But mm-hmm. there's this air of fashion growing in Atlanta. You want to stay there because you're like mm-hmm. uh, this is I see what's happening, but it, I can see how long it will take. Yeah. But uh, and so this is a a different perspective because, you know, it, it, in Atlanta, it's, it's different. Like, music is, like, right there. And to think that, oh, I'm, you know, you're sitting in a city where it's, like, that's not even, you know, an option, really. It's hard. It's harder. And, you know, that's that's interesting. Um, but, you know, I, I know that your main thing is music. Mm-hmm. But, like, I know, like, when it comes to music, everything aligns. Fashion to, to, to visual art to whatever. Yeah. Cinematography. But... Regardless, you have like a, uh, I'll say, amazing style. Like you got a really good style. 
And like the thing, the pieces you wear, like from our shoes. Oh, thank you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but now, like the pieces you wear from when Malcolm introduced me to you, to when we were doing the wisdom photo shoots, things like that. Yeah. Um, and then also the the pieces you were showing me, you're working on. So like, what you know, what birthed that influence um, and inspiration? Man, I used to work at Kroger. Yeah. You know I'm saying I got a job at Kroger once. I was hooping. I was I went to Pearl Cone High School and I was playing basketball. And I always made the team, but, but I was like, bro, like, I'm not going to the league, fam, and I ain't making no money. I'm like, after school every day, going to practice, doing this and that, and I'm like, I'm not the best player on the team. Right. And it's unlikely that anybody from this team gets a college scholarship, let alone go to the league. So I'm like, what are we out here doing? Like, we just, we can do this in the summertime and just kick it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like to play basketball. I really enjoy it, but... I was just like, man, I'm finna get a job at Kroger and buy Air Force Ones. Like, that was just my passion vibe. Switch, yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, man, I'm just trying to get fly, really. Like, that was just, you know, made more sense to me. Because mm-hmm. I was like, at least I'm, like, gaining something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I felt yeah. like I was just, like, working myself for no reason. And I was, I think that's kind of, like, the core of, like, my decision making it's like if I'm working on something, bro, we got to be going somewhere. You know what right. I'm saying? And hopefully, yep. I'm 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 of the mind now that like wherever that is that we're going is not money oriented. Mm-hmm. It's somewhere else. But with the fashion stuff, it just be like, man, I like to put fits together. It's fun to me. You know, it's a way for me to creatively express myself that doesn't come with a consequence. You know, I'm a pretty I'm a pretty big critic of like myself when it comes to the music. So like fashion or anything else, right? I see that. I enjoy doing this. You know what I'm saying? And what somebody else has to say about it is kind of irrelevant to me. This is just something that I I really love to do. And Mm -hmm. watching fashion shows, I get a lot of inspiration from that. And just like color palettes and textures and 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 silhouette shapes and all that kind of stuff is I you know Mm -hmm. it's interesting to me. It's not something that I'm like actively. Growing in yeah. as a craft, you know, because like what y'all do is like elevated. You know what I'm saying? Y'all really do this. Like I'm more so like a fan of it. Right. And if I can ever participate in any kind of way, like I'd be overjoyed to do that. Right. So, yeah, that's the extent. That's, that's all it takes. Yeah. Honestly, I think that because I'm the same way with animation, but I'm really impassioned by animation at the same mm-hmm. time. But it's also this space where I don't care. Like, yeah. you know, it's no, it's no <laughs> yeah. bar of like, oh, man, if I don't make this collection look like this or yeah. if I don't make the, the marketing of this new drop look like this, it equates to nothing. So when it comes to animation, I flow. I just draw. I do voiceovers. I'm like, oh, no, this is fun. And I know right, exactly right, right. the direction. And, yeah, so I see that similarity. And to pivot off, Mike, um, take it back to Malcolm, you know, from, you know, we know each other. But just to share, too, with people listening, who's Malcolm Voltaire? Same. What was your beginnings? How did you get to Jesus was black? All of it. Nigga, that's... What's up with these loaded questions? Well, I, I don't make yeah, the it's rules, It's like bro. you need a whole novel to answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got quick notes on my life. <laughs> Real, bro. Brother, I'm sorry, but <laughs> So, uh, man, I was... Uh, Born in actually, I was born in Miami, raised in Atlanta. After nine months of being in Miami, I moved to Atlanta. So I'm half Haitian, half Jamaican. Man, I done lived throughout the entire South, man. Um, like Mike Floss, I definitely was hoop dreams early on in my life. I think that like kind of exposed me to um, 
you know, just that idea of that, that hoop dream is something else, bro. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That shit is that shit is like addictive. When you a kid, you know what I mean? When you a kid, that hoop dream is like it's everything because it's fashion, it's music, it's you know what I'm saying? It's all of it. You know what I mean? You want to be a part of that world. So yeah. for me, I think that's kind of what started my journey with fashion. Cause even the era I was in, it was like basketball shoes and jerseys. You feel me? That's the era I grew up in. Like outside of BBC, niggas was doing skate. But even then, they they. I wanted to be a skateboarder. I wanted to be a professional skateboarder. But that was that era. It was either you in the skate, you in the hip hip hop and basketball. Like, I see that. Yeah. Or football. And skate but, was I love, rare. I love like, skateboarding. That was I love like, that yeah. Every like, all black kids wasn't into yeah, that. That was that was new yeah. for yeah. black kids for sure. It was cool. It made you cool. But yeah, that yeah. but that BBC era helped niggas like. Yeah. Go into that with ease, you feel yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah. And TSU and niggas is like, why the fuck do you have a skateboard? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Down. Like, yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? I actually uh, enjoy this. And me, I was always too big to skateboard, but same. that <laughs> that essence, that energy, it was like everything Fly. to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it, it was, was just authentic. That's it. Yeah, you had to try. You had to hop on that Yeah, yeah. It was authentic. It was like it had this feeling of rebellion. Like you felt like you was a rebellious type of yeah. person. Like you didn't give a fuck, and it was creative too. Like you was flying your own. Like, like self, right? like as a person, not what you bringing and how you looking, how you dress. It's like, oh, I like this person. He's yeah. a cool ass dude. Videos, like, right, same. I still do. That's but hard. Also, though, that's like, it. This is how I dress. You know. But okay. I think when you tapped in that, to that energy, though, it's like I gotta, I wanna like live up to that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even if I'm flipping my fit every day, or might be different pants. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm strategic about it. Yeah. So you in your eyes, you might be like, that nigga don't never wear the same. In my mind, I'm like, I don't wear the same. You know what you know what does that illusion like that? Sneakers. If you got a lot of different no, shoes. No, that's what it is. It's, it's like you're different. Oh, in high but, school. But that right. era I'm saying saying that like got me into fashion is what we all talking about. It's the yeah. SB era. It's the For basketball. Sure. It's the Air Force One era. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's Nigga, it's the crease jeans era talking about. Bro, 4X era, tall T. Yeah, oh, yeah, that is the era. All of my clothes, yeah. everything. Yeah. Like, I would listen to the Carter 2 on repeat, and I would buy a can of starch for a dollar from Grudge. And I would iron everything. I would wash all my clothes and iron everything. Oh, yeah, everything was ironed. And then it just be sitting there ready. Nigga, be too ready. Yeah, that's crazy. Jabot jeans. Jabot. Yeah, bro, I, it's, Come on, it's a, so era. like in this era, I was in in Jabot era. I think I was in middle school. I was in middle. Yeah, school. you was right on the brink. Yeah, I was you in was middle right school. There. High school was like Rockin' Republic, True Religion. Yeah, uh, the yeah, fit yeah, was yeah. getting slimmer. It was like you was getting yeah, a little more fly. Yeah, yeah. That's why I got introduced. Skinny jean era for sure. Yeah, I got introduced to that was That True Religion era was crazy. And then Kanye put the cars on. Eight oh eight's heartbreak. Kanye kind of put the uh, cars I work on there, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. where it was like, oh no, I wanna, I need like the, mm-hmm. a fly, you know, minimal look with this because how you had the suit with the red heart, it just made me think more minimal. Oh, yeah. And around eight that eight. time, I was like, oh no, I have to look at my. So I was, I was collecting Jordans, and that's what was influencing my looks. Like the, every Jordan, Jordan one to my favorite was the fifteen. I stopped 
Your favorite Jordan was the 15. 15 the 14 and 15 was my second secondary you know, favorite. Like, you know, we know you was in middle school. No, I just I felt I felt yeah, like yeah, I felt like people didn't people loved that. I've never heard a nigga say that in my life. Right. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't like how everyone liked the 11s, and it was like when the 11 dropped, everybody had them on their feet. Yeah, I ain't like it. The just, it made me like that was my first introduction to I don't, if the crowd's going that way, I want to go left. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. from that 15s, from that, oh, my first pair of Jordans were the 14 last shots, and then my favorite Jordan all time was the fours. But you know that those things influenced my look and influenced that in that simplicity. How Malcolm said that strategy for your fit. That was literally my like. I can't leave the house unless my fit is like right. It's a feeling. Yeah. It's like no, nah, yeah. I don't want to go to school no more. Like yeah, man. So I think Jesus was black though. It came about. I mean, based just that community. You feel me? Like you, Latif. You asked me what kind of a big inspiration. Bro, is, in. I'm sorry. Like what? He drinking kiwi. He, he drinking passion. He drinking passion kiwi. I've been trying to figure <laughs> out why is it popcorn floating in his drink. It's kiwi, brother. <laughs> Okay. It's kiwi chunks. Oh uh, no, I'm drinking the kiwi. You kiwi gotta stop star. doing that in front of a grown man. Yeah, bro. stop that, bro. I don't like that. This is a kiwi. Listen, listen. Hey, it's woman put him like up to it. It's a kiwi. Listen, can I explain myself? You said we was at Starbucks, right? This nigga like. Brother, don't worry about that. My sister, my girl, my girl showed me about this drink, brother. Tell them you over there talking about passion kiwi. You said it out your mouth. What are we doing? I can't explain myself. No, no, no. First he ordered a mocha latte. Hey, first he ordered a mocha. First he ordered a mocha. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I'm not mad about it. And then he wanted to add the passion kiwi to the mocha latte on the side, like he was with his girl at the present moment. Bro, why are you, yeah. what are you doing? Can I explain myself? Y'all can't so hate this on right here, Y'all Thank you, Zan. I appreciate hey, hey, I'm that. I'm just being honest. No, this is the kiwi. What you doing? See, this why they keep being the kiwi. Listen, listen. I don't, listen, don't, listen, I don't know what he's talking about. It has nothing to do with it. You said start with You said start with Actually, this is a refresher. It has caffeine in it. We got a long drop. Don't look at me when you say refresher. No, let me finish. Don't look at me when you say refresher. My son sells cupcakes for a living. He doesn't have a ball. He is not a ball. Hey, y'all have watched that. DMX. DMX, brother. I mean, I'm sorry. The Dame? Dame Dash Breakfast Club. You seen that, Zane? No. Brother, <laughs> we was listening to your story before you wore your polo sweater, brother. Now, tell us what happened when you wore that polo sweater. Did you get suspended? <laughs> you got rewarded, brother. You got rewarded. You I got was rewarded? fresh as hell back then. All right, and how did that pivot to where you at today? What Jesus was black? You was talking about inspiration. Bro, that's a long journey, bro. I done did, I done been three different niggas since then. I used to uh, yeah. why, what is, why you used to be a filmmaker. Different? Used to be a photographer. I lived several lives, brother. What is that? Why do you? Why do you jump to the next creative impulse it's like problem. that? Why it's the you... issue, bro? Oh, you're a creative yeah. junkie, bro. I am, but That's it's also it's like it. It is. It's looking for that next itch, but it's also because I think I think it took it took me to find fashion where I can feel like I can use all of that to express myself. Mm-hmm. I feel like fashion is like that middle ground to everything. You mm-hmm. feel me? So I can express myself and not even be present. That's why I fuck with fashion. Right. You can express yourself and not be in present as in front of the camera. As in as in as in in general, like not I only gotta be in the room, but like my style or my intellect is like influenced. Translated. Yeah, like when a motherfucker walk in with the Jesus black hat on. Mm-hmm. Alright. Mm-hmm. 
in a room where nobody have seen. Yo, I love it. You know, create being able to create a piece that stands for itself and it like yeah. it says everything mm-hmm. that you don't have to say. Yeah, agree. It's different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like even this hat. This hat is sick. Like as I'm looking at it on your head, and then I got wearing one as well. Like the design is sick. The colors, the cherubs. Like explain explain this design. Like the hat. Man, it was just. I think I just wanted to create something dope, but undeniable. Like Mike said earlier, like creating something undeniable. I think when you when you are creative for so long and and you like have reached the quote unquote ceiling, or you reached a, a point to where you don't feel like the world is really seeing your output, it's like you have to stop giving a fuck and just create dope shit. So for me, that hat is like. It's just, it's almost like every sacrifice I ever made is in one piece type shit. It's like it's everything leading up to, okay, this is it. Like, this is fire. Like, no matter, I don't know, bro. Is that, is that, yeah, it's is just, that sacrifice intentional to like the, the reference? Like, people will say Jesus was black, biblical reference, or, and, and then it highlights the sacrifice element. Yeah. So, like, your creative process, is that linked purposefully? Nah, nothing's intentional, bro. I mean, I try to be intentional, but I don't think... I think that shit's just life, bro. That's art. That's art, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This Jesus was black is really art. It's just me throwing paint on the wall, but I've never been able to draw. I've never been able to... You know, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't dive into that, even though I've always wanted to. But the, the, I play to my strengths. So, like, to me, that's just... It's just a connection for people to make. Everything... That Jesus was black could mean to somebody else. It has nothing to do with what I put out on a day to day because I don't believe Jesus is his real name. I don't believe he was a color black. You yeah. feel me? Like, there's a whole another story, but for me, I'm taking people on the journey. Like, it's like this is only the first stop. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So it's. And can I add to like, I think a big beauty with the brand too, Jesus was black, is that it. So it's like black Americans, right? We've been programmed under a Eurocentric um, mm-hmm. um, context. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when you remove, when you remove this, you know, religious figure, this deity of sorts, this concept of religion and, and systemic religion and spirituality falling under the guise of the white man wants you to do X, Y, Z, right? And that figure is now somebody that looks like you. Mm-hmm. What it makes you say is, okay, is it really about what somebody standing over me is instructing me to do, or is it about me looking at myself and saying, what do I want to do? Yep. What does the world look like from my, from perspective. my perspective? Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it's a deprogramming that I think is extremely necessary mm-hmm. because we don't necessarily always know where the program came from. No, fact. You know what I'm saying? We yeah, don't know why yeah. when a Walkman walks in the room, we automatically assume that he's in charge. No, I feel right. you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. You ain't never seen this motherfucker before, ever. And for some reason, you think he got the keys to the building just because he walked in because we've been programmed to believe that the white man is in charge. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, right. especially in the black community, that comes from Christianity, the Jesus figure. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. image that we all, Imagery. if you close your eyes right now, you know what the white Jesus looked like. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really important for people to start seeing themselves as, you know, the master of their own fate and having 100%. that self-determination. Yeah. And that's, that's, and I love how you said that because that was like the driving force behind um, 2019, the BAMC collection, um, which was Black American Merchant Class, because it's like asking the question to ourselves, 
who, if, if every uh, country on the planet has a resource, you know, let's just say that vaguely. And in order to get into the trade, you had to trade some type of resource to become um, a power in the world. Like, you know, you know and, and it made me question, like, what does black America have? What is it, who is that? What is that? And in that, it was like, okay, who are, what is black? And from there, it was like, oh, we're told what black is, like you're saying. Yeah. And so we wanted to redefine black imagery. Like, yeah. if, we're gonna, if that's the word you're going to use, once you t- make it autobiographic. And so that, that itself is the driving force behind everything we do. That is the collection where I left off. Where I met Malcolm, like after yeah, that, which is crazy, which is a crazy yeah. link. Yeah, because you, because I, I had a different name going on with what my idea was, but I had this jacket I made with Jesus was black on the back, and then this Moore's head with Paleo Hebrew for Jesus on it, and I would wear it around. And he was just like, "No, nah, that's it." The back, he posted it on his page. Everybody was going crazy, and it was like, "Okay, that's it." So, but at the time, I'm working full time job. But I'm still, every time I go home, I'm, I'm designing on my computer. So it was like, it was easy for me to just adjust and, and turn. But that's what, I go back to just doing whatever your gut tells you. Because mm-hmm. you can't really, there is no map for how this shit going to look. On this art and shit, life, no matter yeah. what their lane is, music, whatever. Like, ain't no, ain't no outline. All it is is you fucking getting up every day and deciding to do some creative shit. Bro, that's life shit too, though. Like, that's life. Just, just un- unlearning, like, how we grew up type shit. Like, your parents going to a 9 to 5 every fucking day. Fuck, until bro. I just went to my uncle's retirement party. This nigga's 65. I'm like, I can't believe you worked that day. Like, that's crazy. What? Yeah, that's like, crazy no way. as hell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, and all I that- saved a certain amount. I said, I quit. I can't do it no more. Mm. I have to do my own thing. I have yeah. To, yeah. to make my own path. Whatever it, like, wherever it takes me. I don't give a fuck. And I think that's our common thing in this room is that we understand that this is our life. This is not something to play with. It's right. not your your second try at this and you get another one after this. You don't right. know what's after this. Long, so it's like, shit. yeah, you put it all because you know how you want to experience this life. And life is given to you abundantly, but you have to tell yourself, which is the universe, what you want to be. You have mm-hmm. to be like, I'm doing this and this is why. So now, now everything around you will sustain to maintaining that path. It's yeah. like, you said you want this. Well, we got to, you have to apply this then. You got to, I'm going to give you everything you need, but you got to, you want it. So let's go get it. And that's like, I always knew that since a young age. So I, it was like, I can't listen to whoever's talking to me and telling me, do this, do that. Um, and that hit me very quickly as a kid in high school. Cause it's like, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, feeling like, let's say I went to a private school as well. Then I went to Redan High School, which is like the opposite of private school. When I got to Redan, it was my first experience of teachers who would just kick you out the class. No matter what you're doing, like if you any what disruptive, talkative, get out. There's no care because they did weren't getting paid enough. They didn't like their job. They didn't have no time to deal with somebody's children. Mm-hmm. So it made me think, like, if you're don't like what you're doing, but you're telling me to go th- this route in order to be successful, what is even what? And then what really hit me was teachers, you know, buying my clothing when I started my clothing and how they responded to me mm-hmm. and, and still gave me an F like, yo, Latif, you've been missing class, but keep going. You got a bright future. And I'm like, so you want me to finish school? You want me to keep making like following my heart? And, and it confused the shit out of me. because I'm like, why are you telling me I'm going to be successful, but I have an F? And I was and stuff like that really made me think for myself, like, what do you want right now? What is what is what is this telling you? What does this feel like? 
Um, and that made me define that for myself. I was like, you know, I have to I have to see myself and what I want as my path. No one can tell me this is how you be successful because it worked like that for them. It won't work like that for me. And so that's like our common thing is like finding our space and understanding our life. And even you working at uh, the job you worked at before Jesus was black, starting your own company was like, and not you you're working constantly around the clock. And that moment of leaving, it's like a freedom. It's like I don't have yeah, to do that. But I ain't gonna lie. Part of me, I went, I I went to the job I went to for a reason. I like, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to like trick my brain into understanding what it is to like work constantly. Okay, like constantly working. That's why, I like, every day after I, after an eight to ten hour shift, I would go home and design because yeah. it's like I wanted to get my brain in a rhythm of like. Because that's what it is, bro. That's all. Every fucking day I wake up on my own accord. Yeah. I do my shit. Like, everything is... I don't got nobody. I don't got no overseer. I don't even got no investors being like, yo, you making sure... It's like, I got to make sure all every margin is right. I got to make sure yeah. every client that's doing some custom... You know what I mean? Yeah. Not to say the work is too much. It's just that I had to get in that mode because I was a lazy-ass nigga, bro. Right. I was a nigga. I was just a nigga that was just willing to chill and... So it's working all fucking day. Work, working a nine you know to five I mean? was like, a good was a good schedule was a, for a lazy. I, I, got, I got to a desire. To, I had a desire to where I was like, okay, I want to take it to the next level. Like, I just got to that point. I just was frustrated, and I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta make some money being an artist. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I gotta do that. So I figured out a plan. Learn how to do embroidery for like nine months. Quit that job. Got a job. At working at a pizza spot, but I wanted to like move up in the company, understand business. Did that for a year. Uh, got my credit right. Put my machine on my credit and mm-hmm. quit my job, nigga. Like yeah, took that I'm risk. It, I'm making it make sense until I can't no more. Yeah, and I, I think that's that. That's that space. That's that freedom. That's that feeling of like my life's in my hands. Mm. Whatever happens next is really up to me. Shit is God, bro. Yeah. Universe. Yeah, it's God's universe, and that's just the the best part. I think that's my like bittersweetness of what I do, knowing like it's all on me. It's the scariest thing, but the best thing. Yeah. It's like I can't see it any other way. I cannot see it any other way mm-hmm. than it being on my shoulders because it gives me the proper amount of pressure. While still being something I actually love to do, Man. so I don't mind stressing over it. Yeah. And so, and I choose my own structured stress than uh, <laughs> the idea of society saying you need this by this age, and you need to look like this, and you need to have this in order, and you need to have a family. I don't give a fuck about any of that. None of it it's like I'm. I like what I'm doing. <laughs> and I don't see. Don't say that to your girl, brother. All right, listen. Be careful. I love family is my driving force in anything. Oh, I do. look at how it changed. But but I'm talking hey, about. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the idea of having children, brother. I don't want any children, brother. So I think that I like this that that process, and so it works for me. And I think everybody, even listening, find out what works for you, like. You know, just because we it, it sounds cool, you know, this process that, you know, everybody's here is, is has journeyed into, it might not be for you. You might not like this really? daily schedule. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. hard as fuck. It's hard. Like, it, it, it's, it's, it's worthwhile, but it's still hard as shit. Like, you yeah. can't just 
you can't have a lazy mind to to live the way we live. Like you really have to want to work for yourself and want you gotta you gotta want this shit, bro. Like yeah. more than anything, this shit don't it. it it ain't just something you wake up and it's like, bro, like, if Kanye ain't do it, I can do it. If, yeah. if, Mother, yeah. if, Vir- if Virgil can do it, I can do it. Like, no, nah, they worked their ass off. Yeah. Virgil didn't get popped until he was 35. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You got to say that again. For, for, for people that, understand, that are like on Instagram, because everybody probably suffers from this of some sort. Like this, this rushing mentality. That what you said. Virgil didn't. Un- the world didn't understand him till thirty five because it? it takes time. You can't. Whatever you're building, if you want it to sustain, give it time and right. don't rush. Like work for a company you admire. Like you can still be an entrepreneur while working at I don't know Chanel if you like Chanel. Like yeah. find things you actually like and just work. Play that field. Learn as much as you can. Develop your brand on top of that. And when you like, when that gut feeling comes, like I got to do this. Go do it. Do it. Like, but get the resources you need All the and resources. enjoy what your process like, is. It's, it's crazy. Like, people think it's so much like sweeter, like to I don't know to rush, and they think it's easy. Like, let me quit, quit my job and see what happens. Like, no, nah, like Jay Z dropped his right first fucking tape when he was like twenty eight. Like, yeah. I'm not even twenty eight yet. So it's yeah. like, mm. bro, think about how you much got- time and effort yeah. he was putting in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to be the person that he is. Granted. He's a millionaire. He had guap. That nigga was guap. But still, like, there's so many people that are our age, you know what I'm saying, that are just now starting. Fucking Vera Wayne didn't get popping since she was in her late 40s. Yeah. She's 77 now. Correct. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta keep she's going. only been popping for 30 years. Yeah. And... You know it, what I'm it, it don't matter when it happens for you, but all that matters is that it will happen for you. Because it's like be once you get Dude. there, it's gonna it's the whatever that get there is anyway. Like right, what does that right, get there to you? So it's like once that happens, you're gonna everything you know you've done is gonna be like I don't care right. when it happens. This is what I've been waiting for, yeah. and that's why the universe will give it to you right when it's time, so you can really enjoy it. Like you said, you wanted to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you got it too early, you might not enjoy how you feel. Right. Like you want to enjoy it. Right. So. It's just being intentional with what you want to be, who you want to be, telling yourself that, understanding it, seeing it, and then going and do it. But before we end, I wanted to ask everybody, and I'll be the last to answer this, um, what is your favorite mistake? Anybody can start. Mm. Every mistake. Because it's a learning lesson. It's, it's, it's a stepping stone to the next breakthrough for me. Um, yeah, that... that that's the answer. Like everything that I've learned through this process has been through mistakes or an error. It's just trial, it's experimentation. Like finding out what works for Creative Junk is what works for me. So um, it's all been just growth from everything that I've. I feel like maybe I've done wrong, quote unquote. But um, yeah, it's it's all been a great learning experience for sure. I say uh, my favorite mistake. It's kind of. It's more of a, an, a, the wrong approach I was taking. I was doing a lot of like music and shows that weren't consistent with who I was. You know what I'm saying? And doing a lot of things that I couldn't really feel like I could stand on. Um, whether that was like when the EDM thing was going crazy and like getting booked for festivals and all that kind of stuff was like, what to me was like made it look like my career was going up. And really my career was just moving. 
it wasn't really yeah. going towards any particular direction and it created a lot of confusion in my catalog and in my fan base. So once I identified that problem, it really, uh, it really cleared up a lot of like the way I should move. Um, shit, my favorite mistake. Damn, bro, that's a good question, man. Um, I'll probably say filing bankruptcy fresh out of college. Mm-hmm. I think that shit taught me a lot just as far as financially and then being able to do that and bounce shit back to get to the point to where I, like, I was able to like buy, uh, well, on credit, buy a machine, you feel me, to start my... So like even through that, I think so, it, I think for me it taught me perseverance. Like like even and, and, and acting prematurely for me, I think it helps me relay messages to the next person. Cause that's one of my 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 paths in my life where it's just to like teach people, break stuff down to people. So for me, filing bankruptcy back then, I was like 24, 25. Like it was just like I was too young to be filing bankruptcy, but I was in a panic. I was in a bond for bread, and you know what I mean. That's the that's all I knew is what the right move to make was to try to clear it up. So like going through shit like that for me, I think is is important because bro, as kids, we don't even get taught how to do our taxes in high school. No. You know what I mean? That's like the most important thing to fucking entrepreneurship or fucking any Man. working for somebody else, whatever, you know what I mean? Man. Contract work, all that shit. So it's yeah. like any information I can get on that level, I think and then being able to relay it back to the community in a dope way. That's the shit that's valuable to me because that's the shit that is like behind all the doors that we feel we're locked out of. It's like understanding that information, understanding how it can benefit us. And even when we think we at our lowest, how we can still maneuver and pivot. Um, so yeah, bro, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, I say my favorite mistake is, was not, um, not valuing, not respecting my value, not valuing myself, not understanding my value, really and truly embodying it. And I say that as someone who I think I found my true value around like, I don't know, 2012 through 14. This is like a time where I like meditated heavily to, to know myself. I kind of found myself and calming myself and slowing down. And changing my how I ate and changing my life. In those moments, I I found myself. I knew my power. You know, I knew what I was capable of doing. I I did it every single day up until this point. And but it's been a point in my life where I did not honor my value. I felt like I should take what I'm given and be thankful. Yeah. And that taught me to that 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 taught me you know, value of myself and what the detriments of that caused really woke me up and made me look at myself like, damn, I wasn't even valuing myself. I, I, I didn't have any idea I wasn't. And in those moments, it was, you know, when I came to realization, I was embarrassed. Like, whoa, how did, like, how did I allow that, you know? And in those moments, it pushed me to really look at myself and 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 understand myself understand whatever i feel my boundaries to you know anything and and how i shine and 
those moments taught me how to value my who I am, which is a light, a very bright light. And in those moments, I just felt like I'm so detached from my ego. Like I know how to, you know, process whatever my ego is and also let it thrive, but also pull it back. Like that's not you. Um, and in that, I saw, I, I feel like I've always, that was linked to my value. I was like, no, you know, that's my ego. And so I took anything to say I don't have the ego. Mm. And, and then, but when I realized that mistake, it woke me up and made me, at this point, invincible, I feel. I think, you know, I'm a human. I do get, you know, I can't be invincible. But there's an element of myself where I am invincible. Like I can get to a space where I, I go, oh, no, I know who I am. And I set my tone and my boundaries at that place. And that's why I exist in my power. Um, with this, that information, with that feeling, with that lesson, my life changed dramatically. And it's constantly changing to this day to the point of just having experiences that I didn't think I could. I knew I was going to achieve one day, but didn't know how I was going to get to it. And so I'm excited for this new me, you know what I'm saying, uh, who I do this, do this mistake. Um, and I think that I have a, a different perspective on a lot of things in life. Just, you know, I don't know. I never looked at the concept of hate as a thing, like when people say, "Oh, you got haters." This I got haters all day. Like, everybody hate me. Like, I'm like I don't know what that means. Like, you 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 thinking that is perpetuating more hate? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I truly understand that now. Like when you, whoever you are, you have to understand whatever you do will be met with love and hate. That's just life. It's just with perspective of what you're doing and who you are. No one, everyone doesn't like it. Everyone doesn't hate it. So in that pers- perspective, you will get both. And and I think it's uh, important to understand and not take those personal either sides personal. And um, I think let that let that kind of dictate. Don't let that dictate who you are. And so with that new information plus the the lesson of not valuing myself, I feel like this is a crazy breakthrough in my life and excited for the future. So that's my favorite mistake: not valuing myself. And whoever is in that space. You know, process it, walk straight way through it until you find your realization. You know, don't rush that. Don't think you're less than yourself because you are experiencing that. Or don't pit that on yourself and make yourself believe you're experiencing that. You know, you know, whatever you're going through, kind of process, do it. But, yeah, I'm going to end there. I want to thank everybody on the podcast. First, to Kazi because he, he left out. Thank you, Malcolm. Uh, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Zan. Anything I want to say for you before we close out? Appreciate you, man. Appreciate the yeah, platform, sure. bro. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me, for sure. Pull yeah. up, nigga. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, tell them where they can find you at. Oh, yeah. True, true, true. Um, you can find me at creative underscore junkies with a Z or Zan Zan Zan, X-A-N-Z-A-N, X-A-N. Um, that's my personal page. But, yeah, um, I show most of my stuff on my personal page right now. But, yeah. Mike, tell them where they can find you Mike at, Mike Fox Music, all social media. Jesus was dot black. Y'all know what the fuck going on. <laughs> <laughs> right there we end, man. <laughs>